Why do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us, because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts, because we want you to be informed and inspired to help make a better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Welcome. Hey, Herman. How you doing today? I'm good. So what is the latest the Republicans are doing relative to the budget to shoot themselves in the foot? Well, now, Herman, don't uh, be so optimistic about that. Look, they're, optimistic? they're having a battle amongst <laughs> themselves over exactly how to push through this budget outline, the so-called budget resolution. Yesterday, when we came on the air, we told you about some of the highlights of the Republican plan from the House. Uh, they've had to try to add in some extra money on defense to placate a number of uh, Republicans who would like to have more money uh, funneled to the Pentagon. But the problem is, in order to do that, You'd have to change the budget caps, and to do that, you've got to get a law passed, and to do that, you're going to need Democrats, and to do that, you're going to need the White House on board, and those things seem sort of unlikely right now. Probably the most likely uh, outcome of this, Herman, is where each side gets a little, uh, a little more spending for domestic, a little more spending for the military, and that'll be the deal, but it'll take nine months to get there. The Senate Republicans are laying out their plan today. They've already made very clear they don't like the House effort to funnel more money into defense uh, behind, sort of behind the caps. So yeah, the Republicans fighting each other over uh, a budget document that really doesn't have many details. For example, yesterday, this is why there were four years when the Democrats didn't even approve the budget resolution, and the Republicans went on and on about how the Democrats weren't passing a budget more. But as I always tell people, this document doesn't have most of the details. It's just a an outline with numbers. For example, yesterday, some reporters said to the Republican chairman of the Budget Committee, well, how do you reduce spending on entitlements by $1.1 trillion over 10 years? And Tom Price said, well, look at the document. And the document just said it reduces spending by $1.1 trillion over 10 years. It didn't say how that's done. Yeah. So this, again, is just sort of an overarching framework for the budget. We'll see over the next 10 days whether Republicans can muscle something through the House and Senate. And then after Easter, whether or not they can even get on board together on the same plan. So are you saying that trying to get something passed before Easter is is not a good idea? Oh, no. I mean, that's that's their goal. It's not a question of whether it's a good or uh, not a good idea. That uh, Probably they might be able to do that. The question is, though, how do they get on the same page between the House and Senate? Most people don't understand that there is a big difference between Senate Democrats and House Democrats and House Republicans and Senate Republicans. They may work in the same building, but they may as well be light years away from each other. And really, that's how the founders uh, uh, figured it out, was that they would react differently to different electoral pressures. Right. Well, I certainly hope that the Republicans can get that act together, or they're going to blow a very big opportunity at this particular point. So let's hope that they can haggle it out over the next few days. Well, we'll see what they do. Votes probably next week in the House and Senate on the individual plans, and then they'll have to figure out something after Easter in terms of negotiations. The congressperson from Illinois that resigned, what kind of lavish spending was he doing? Yeah, Aaron Schock is the guy's name, sort of a well-known up-and-coming uh, young guy, only 33 years old, who is seen as maybe a future face of the party. But the stories have been piling up recently about possible misuse of official money. Uh, there was a story about him spending a lot of money on private jets to fly around his district, uh, always taking his staff photographer with him on trips. Most um, uh, members of Congress don't have a staff photographer 
photographer. Uh, big bills to take staffers on a trip to New York City. There was a story about whether he sold a house for more than it was really worth to a, a business uh, big shot back home in his district in Illinois. And then yesterday, and we were just talking about this in the hallway here, uh, Politico must have been tipped by somebody because Schock tried to be reimbursed for over 172,000 miles in vehicle mileage. For those of you who've used your own personal vehicle at times for business, you can get reimbursed you know, either on your tax form or sometimes through your company for vehicle mileage, not just for gasoline. I think it was 56.5 cents a, a mile last year, if I remember correctly. He put in, evidently, for 172,000 miles in vehicle mileage. But when he sold his SUV last year, it only had 81,000 on the odometer. So a few hours after being notified that Politico was looking at that, Shock turned in his resignation letter, which came, which actually caught everybody by surprise here, including the GOP leadership. But I'm sure they're happy to see him go. I mean, let's face it, that's fraud. Yes. Okay, that's that's out and out fraud. So we'll see whether or not after he leaves Congress, whether there's any effort to prosecute him uh, for any of these actions. Where would that effort come from? I would assume the, either the U.S. attorney here or prosecutors back in his home district. You know, some things are probably inadvertent, and some things are just plain stupid. You know, my dad told me 35 years ago they don't call <laughs> the House of Representatives for nothing, and he's absolutely right. You know, sometimes people come here, Herman, and they get just a little, they get that Potomac fever, and the rules don't apply to them as much, or they take shortcuts. And sometimes you look back on it and just think, you know, what were you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody who's done their taxes and filled out expense forms and more realizes at some point, hey, you know, if you put a little more on there, you get a little more back, and there's some people who do that. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes they are members of Congress. Usually, well, you know, I, I remember some members of Congress who uh, who turned in unused stamps for money that helped uh, wreck their career. So it can happen, and this is just yet another example of it. Is there much buzz in the hallways about BB's win in Israel? Yeah, you know, I haven't heard much about it. I haven't haven't seen any statement out of the White House yet, which I do think is interesting. The president's traveling today to Cleveland, so there won't be a White House briefing. Obviously, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that the White House was sort of rooting against uh, right. Netanyahu in no this election. No congratulatory statement yet? I haven't seen any statement yet out of the White House. Let me check my email one more time right here, but there hasn't been anything released today. So, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes they send their congratulations when somebody wins, sometimes they don't. In this case, I, I would bet that they'll just sort of hold off. But yeah, there's obviously a lot of bad blood there. And, you know, I think the other way to look at this, too, is the Republican Party has been trying very, very hard in the last four, five, six years to wrest away some of those Jewish voters in the United States who historically over the last 30 years have been, they've not been all monolithic on behalf of the Democratic Party, but it's been a pretty big Democratic bloc. For, um, uh, uh, for Jewish voters. And uh, the GOP has really been trying very, very hard to pull those people away and pull them over to the Republican Party, and we'll see whether this is another step along that road. Yeah, very interesting, though. Uh, my prediction is that the whole Hillary email scandal will still be around, but it's going to not be a big enough infringement to cause her halo to dim too much with Democrats. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a good read. Yesterday, the State Department told reporters that no, they had no record of her signing this exit document, and w which you're supposed to then say that you've turned over 
records and documents to the State Department. It turns out that uh, Condoleezza Rice didn't sign one of those either, and it turns out that Colin Powell didn't sign one of those either. I bet what that tells me, Herman, is that if you or I worked for the State Department, we would be lower-level employees who would have to sign something like that. But then the big dogs, when they leave their job, it sort of just gets passed over, and they don't have to do it. So uh, for those who are hoping that they had a gotcha moment with Hillary Clinton on that, that doesn't seem to be there. Republicans again saying yesterday they want her to turn over this email server. She, of course, has said no. And, you know, look, at some point they're going to bring her in to testify before the Benghazi committee, maybe for the oversight committee as well. Will this be something, again, that derails her candidacy? Yeah, I don't know, but it'll I it will give us a clash between her and Republicans. Some might even argue it might even uh, help her and benefit her in her uh, in her quest for the White House if she runs. How how could that help her? Well, what imagine a hearing where she goes toe to toe with a bunch of Republicans and gets the better of them. Well, okay. I mean, you know, you do have to think of that. I know there's a lot of people who look at this. Uh, again, this is this is like the current administration. Just because you don't like the look of something or the smell of something or how it's done doesn't automatically make it illegal. And uh, so we'll see. I, I do believe that it'll be a it'll be a big moment in her campaign, in a sense, if she's hauled in here before either of these committees, uh, because certainly they can, they, the Republicans, will be able to run her up and down the flagpole all they want, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee they're going to get the best of her. Speaking of the flagpole, did Clancy get his, the nod on his funding yesterday, even though they spent most of the time talking about the breach of security? They, uh, the Secret Service director laid out some of his requests for money. In fact, one of them I found to be very interesting, wrote a story about it, was uh, the, the Secret Service wants $8 million to build a mock White House. Not just the building, but they want to build the fence, the grounds, everything. They want a full mock-up of the White House and its grounds in order to better train their agents to defend and protect the first family. Uh, They say right now all they do is train out on a parking lot, and they say, well, imagine that this little thing is the fence here, and imagine the bushes are over there and stuff like that. They would like to spend $8 million to build a full-scale model of the White House with a lot of stuff around it as well. Nobody said no to that yesterday in this hearing of the House Appropriations Committee, but I, I don't know whether or not that's the kind of thing it sounds good in theory, you know what I mean, Herman? I know what you mean, and I don't like the idea. Yeah, and then later on everybody says, yeah, yeah th- I don't know about that. So, Will, somebody suggested to me on the air earlier today that maybe they get Hollywood to build a mock-up and that they could um, film a movie with it and then donate it or something like that. So we'll have to see whether or not we actually uh, uh, see the, the Fed spend, the Congress give the thumbs up to $8 million to build a full-scale model of the White House. I think that is a waste of $8 million. I'm not a voting member of Congress, but I am a voter out here with a lot of other folk, and here's why. How hard is it to lock the front door of the White House? You don't need a mock-up in order to figure those kinds of things out. And secondly, Jamie, and I'm not mad at you, I'm just sick of people wasting our money. Why not do some sort of 
uh, model on using technology if they want to be better aware of how to train their agents in this sort of thing. I think saying that they train them out in the parking lot is just an exaggeration to try to get sympathy for the money. Well, and we'll see, Herman, because that's one of the things. Obviously, uh, you're very familiar with budget requests from business. Everybody always wants a little more and can't fathom giving up something else or something like that. So this is one of the many requests coming before the Congress right now as they sort through the budget for the new fiscal year. I can just only shake my head. <laughs> I'll put you down as undecided. <laughs> uh, no, decided. Thanks, Jamie. See you tomorrow, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. When you're listening to Herman Cain, Herman Cain, you won't miss any breaking news. And you'll never miss out on a single solution for a better America. Herman Cain is on Coast to Coast. I'm almost speechless over this $8 million White House mock-up thing. Just almost speechless. 